Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast presented by Freedom Life Church. We hope you find today's message uplifting and encouraging as we dive into God's Word together. If you need any information about our church or this message, please go to wearefreedomlife.com. Now let's get right into it. All right. Hey, it is my honor and privilege to introduce our uh, speaker for this morning. I get to hang out with him and see him on a regular basis as we do prison ministry and stuff. And uh, man, I am just so honored and blessed to be around him. And I'm excited that you guys get to hear a word this morning from Brother Earl Mattern. Sometimes when people are like, who's Earl? Well, he's the, he's the quiet one, right? <laughs> oh, he's the quiet one. Yeah, he's the quiet one. But I'm telling you, man, this man has a wealth of knowledge and like I said before, it's all about relationship. And if, if there's anybody that knows anything about relationship with God, it's Oral. I love how his relationship is with God and how he just, it's all about God. And Earl, like I said, he's a quiet man. So it, it, it's not about him. He doesn't make it about him at all. He's very patient and he's quiet because it's all about God. And that's, it's, it's for God and it's all about God. And that's what I love and I honor that about Brother Earl here. And... Um, yeah, he doesn't need any kind of recognition. It's just all about him. And I love, I love his heart for God. Uh, like, like I said, I get to listen to him on a regular basis, but I'm honored to be able to introduce Earl here to you guys, and you guys get to hear a word uh, from Earl this morning. Earl, come on up. I don't know if I can measure up to all that. <laughs> You're good. Praise the Lord. Good to be here this morning. <clears throat> Everything looks different from up here. I can't see a lot of you, the bright lights out there. But <clears throat> I don't feel any cornflakes under my feet up here. Somebody must have gathered them up. <laughs> well, <clears throat> good morning, Freedom Life. Those that may be watching online, it's uh, good to be here this morning. And uh, I uh, can I open up with just a a simple question? (laughs) I know I see a lot of Bible scholars out there this morning. See a lot of happy faces. Isn't it good to come to worship the Lord together? To come together in corporate praise and worship, and I love to worship the Lord. I love to gather with people and worship. We, you know, God, He deserved the very best that we could give. I just want to ask you a simple question. Probably a lot of you already know this. I'm sure you do. But uh, at what time did God create Adam? Simple question. I think I heard the answer. Just before Eve. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Just before Eve. I want to talk about, I've been losing my voice all week. I started to get it back, and hopefully it will last through this. 
But uh, well, I want to talk about the, the river of God. <clears throat> now, the river of God, when we're talking about the river of God, we're talking about a, a spiritual river, right? It's a spiritual river that is flowing, not a natural river. If you go to, a, uh, like, a, a Ezekiel 47, we see that river flowing out from the temple of God, and that river carries out all the way into the, the Dead Sea, and it brings life to everything that it touches. Well, if you go to the Dead Sea today, everything is dead. <laughs> everything is still dead there. So it's a natural speaking, uh, what he's talking there. That, 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 that spiritual river is flowing through us, and that river is reaching out to the world around us. That, that Dead Sea represents the world that is dead to God. A lot of people, there are a lot of religions out there, a lot of beliefs, a lot of people that, you know, they just don't know God. They're living without hope. And you look at the situations in the world today, it's pretty bad, isn't it? It's pretty hopeless. But we have hope. We have something to offer, don't we? We have a river of life going through us. We do. We used to do a song at the uh, county jail. I used to take my guitar in there at one time, you know, and we'd have a couple that we, we would sing there. One of the songs we always used to uh, sing in there was, I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Now, I won't sing that this morning. I don't want to make Pastor Alyssa look bad when she gets up, up here next week, you know, so, so I won't sing it. So, but uh, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about that river and if we could go to a, a few scriptures just to back up the idea that this is a spiritual river. We're talking about waters. The, when we talk about waters throughout the scripture, it mainly represents the spirit of God. Okay? And I'm sure a lot of you already know this. But if we go to Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3, he says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground, and I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. See, that that's blessing that he's pouring out, that water he's pouring out is, is spiritual water. It's spiritual life. We find that also in the, in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, with the Samaritan woman. And she came, Jesus asked the Samaritan woman for a drink, right? You, you know the story, so I, I won't even go there, all right? But he's talking spiritual waters. He offers her water that she will never thirst again. Now, we know the natural water. You can go over to Jacob's well. I understand it's still there. And get a drink of that water, and you, you're going to thirst again. But the water that Jesus is offering is spiritual water. It will, it, it's, it's a water that will satisfy because he's talking about life. He's talking about spiritual life there, not natural water. And that, that once we receive that, that quenches our thirst, doesn't it? It does. Because up until the time we give our life to Christ, you're, you're searching, Right? You're searching. The world is searching. They're looking for God. They're looking for life. They're looking for some kind of hope. They may not say that, and many of them will outright say, no, they don't need God. But deep inside, God created a void within us, didn't he? And the only way to fill that void is with God himself when Jesus comes in. Right? We can try everything else, and we've seen that through the world. People would go to fame. They would go to great riches, and, and, and then in the end, what happens? Nothing. Many times they'll even take their own life because they have no hope. They don't know the truth. 
But once we know the truth, we have hope. We have hope that it's going to last. It's gonna, we have a hope that's going to take us through eternity, right? We also see that in, in John chapter 7, 38, where he said, rivers of living water will flow from deep within. Now, we know the Susquehanna River is not going to flow through us, is it? But we know rivers, uh, spiritual waters will flow through us, right? Now, now, holding on to that, let's go to Isaiah chapter 55. That's where I want to begin. Isaiah 55. I don't know how much time I got. What, what I got? What did you say, two hours? <laughs> Pastor Corey, you did, did tell everyone to pack a lunch today, right? No, no, if I do that, you'll never see me up here again, I assure you. <laughs> Isaiah 55, he says, verse 1, he says, Ho, just the, the Isaiah speaking, prophesying the word of God. God says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come, ye buy, eat. Yea, come, buy wine, milk, without money, without price. Now, again, we're talking spiritual waters, right? When I see that word ho there, I always think of what I used to do a detention home down in New Jersey several years back. And uh, before the service would start, I'd bring these young boys in. They'd all gather in this one room and be excited, you know, just to be together because they, they come from different blocks down there in the building. They'd all get in this one room and we had like six inch windows. They're only like six inch wide Three, three feet tall. And, and outside the window was a main road heading down into uh, Smithville, New Jersey, Cologne, New Jersey, down through there. And, uh, and across the field, there was a, like a T-ball field out there. I remember my, my girls here. I got my girls here up front there. I remember when they used to play T-ball. Remember that, guys? When you were only little guys. And they would play T-ball out there, you know? And then beyond that field, and way out there about 300 yards out there was a, a, a baseball field. And about the time we would start the service there, they had young girls out there playing baseball. And these guys in that detention home, they'd be looking out this little six-inch window, and they'd be yelling out, yo-ho, 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 yelling out to these girls. And they couldn't hear them. They're at least 300 yards away, you know? And, and if they could hear them, the voices, they wouldn't have any idea where it's coming from. And if they knew where it was coming from, I don't think they'd bother with them anyhow. But that's the way they, they'd yell out, yo-ho, yo-ho. And that's like kind of like what God is saying here. Yo-ho, yo-ho, give me your attention. Jesus put it in other, word, uh, other words, right, in the John chapter, uh, 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 yeah, in the, throughout the gospel of John. Jesus says, verily, verily, 25 times he uses that phrase. 25 times, verily, verily. In other words, this is important. What I got to say is very important. Give me your full attention, right? It may say, your translation may say, truly, truly, or amen, amen, or so be it, be it, let it be, is what amen means, right? So he's calling out, and Jesus many times he'd use the, uh, the, the words, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear what the Spirit says, right? 
And, and many times, you know, he's teaching about the sower sown the word in, in Matthew 13, Luke 8, and Mark 4. He's, he's out on a boat, and these uh, people are on the shore, and he's speaking out this word, and he's saying, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So he's not talking to the natural ear. They could hear him in the natural, but he's trying to speak into the heart of these people. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's important. Do you hear the word of God, how the word of God can transform our lives when we receive that? And here, and, and, and in Isaiah 55, 1 here, he's saying, Here that he's at thirst, uh, come ye uh, to the waters, and he that uh, hath no money, come, buy, eat, come. In other words, you can buy food, you want anything. And he's saying without money. But we know, again, he's talking spiritual. Now, I'm going to focus on the water today, right? Not on the food. We got the food right here. We got the food. We can get into this every day, right? And we do, right? We all get into the Word of God every day. Best meal of the day, they say, is breakfast. I love to read the Word of God for breakfast. That's what I do. I'm up early in the morning, do my reading before anybody else is up, before the cats and dogs, whether they're sleeping, the telephone's not ringing, my girls are sleeping, <laughs> my wife is sleeping. No, but that's the best time of day. Radio's not going, TV's not going. It's nice and quiet. Get alone with the Lord. We need that. We need that spiritual food. But the water is what I want to focus on, okay? Now, if we go from here, um, let me read a little more in, in the, uh, verse 2. Now, uh, just to prove that it's spiritual food and not natural food. I mean, if you were to leave here today, and on your way home, maybe you stop at McDonald's or Burger King, get a, a, a Big Mac or a, a Whopper and a order of fries and a cup of coffee. And, and, and they're going to ring it up. And before you give, they give you that food, you're going to have to pay for it, aren't you? You're going to have to pay for it. And you can name and claim 55-1 all you want out of Isaiah, and you're still going to pay for it. Unless the person, person behind you in line decides that this guy is taking much, too much time, you know, and he decides to pay it for you just to get you out of his hair so he can get waited on, you know. This is spiritual food. This is spiritual life. This is spiritual waters, okay? Now, so he goes on. He says, uh, incline your ear. Let me, I'm going all the way down to verse to, uh, three. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not and a nation that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord your God. And for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. This is our opportunity to call upon God today, isn't it? Our world is coming apart. Our nation is coming apart. Christianity is being pushed to the side. We need to get out and speak the truth. We need to take hope to the world around us. They need that hope. They're crying out for hope inside. They are hurting. They are hurting. Just walk through a Walmart or a grocery store and look into the eyes of those people in there. And look at the emptiness in there, the emptiness, the hurt that's going on in their lives because they have no hope. I just can't imagine being without Christ in this world today. 
I couldn't imagine what it would be like. We have something to share, and we need to share it. We need to go out into the world where the people are, right? I mean, people come into the church. Yeah, they come in. People come in. They get saved and all. But like the early church took the word of God, and they took it. They went out. They, they went out, right? They went out, and they brought them in by the thousands. We need to touch the world around us with what we got within us. You got a light shining through you. The word of God says in 127 of Colossians that we are a manifestation of the glory of God. We, you, are a manifestation of the glory of God. Think about that. You got God shining through you. So do I. He's inside. We got to let him shine. We got to let him out in some way so the world could see what we got. Okay. Now, I'm going to jump into uh, uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel 47. I'm probably not following anything up here on the screen. <laughs> I, I, you know, all I do is go by uh, little uh, sticky notes I put in my Bible. That's what I, that's what I always go by, <laughs> right? I never worked with screens or anything that, like that. But, and here, Ezekiel 47. It says, afterwards, this is Ezekiel, the prophet speaking here. He says, afterward, he, there's an angel that was leading them out there. He brought me again into the door of the house or the temple. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward for the, from the forefront of the house Toward the, toward the east, and the waters came down and under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Anyhow, it's coming out of the east, right? Isn't that where Jesus is going to come from as well when he breaks that sky open, you know, and that, that trumpet sound, and we're going to see Jesus coming, and he's going to take our church home. But then he brought me out of the way of the gate northward in verse 2, and he led me about the way throughout the other gate by the way that looked eastward. And behold, there, was a, uh, there ran out waters onto the right side. Then when, the, the, then when the, uh, uh, the man or the angel that had the line in his hand went eastward and he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters and the waters were up to my ankles. Now, that could be a good or a bad situation. You're getting waters up to your ankles. You ever get out there uh, and, and step in a, uh, uh, yeah, it's heavy raining or rain and snow mix, especially on a cold day, and you get both feet into the water ankle deep? Oh, man. And now you're, you're so, your shoes are soaked, your, your socks are soaked, your, your feet are frozen, and it doesn't happen when you're on your way home. No. It's always on your way out. You're going out shopping, you're going to Walmart, you're going somewhere. Maybe you're even going to church. And you get to church, it's too late to turn around. You get to church, you come in here, and then uh, your feet are frozen. And then Pastor Tony of all the days speaks for an hour and a half, and you're, come on, come on, come on. I agree with you, but help, get me out of here, right? <laughs> that never happened to me, but, you know, just an illustration. But, but it could be a bad situation, you know. It's very irritable, very uncomfortable. And at the same time, you can get in there ankle deep, and that's when you begin to look back. You first get, you're coming to Christ. 
People have been witnesses to you. They're talking all about Jesus. You're, you're seeing it in, in, in people's lives being turned around. And you step into the waters, and then you begin to look back. What am I leaving behind? What about my friends? What about my, my drinking buddies? <laughs> yeah, I had drinking buddies when I came to the Lord, you know. And what about the, the drugs? The, you know, I had plans for my life. I'm going to leave all that behind. Now I got to live a, a, a good life, a, a holy life. I don't know if I can do it, right? So there's second thoughts about all that. But then it may feel good, feel good on your feet, right? So you go in, he takes you in another 1,000 meters, and he takes you in where you're up to your knees. Now, once you get into the water up to your knees, that feels pretty good, doesn't it? That, 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 feel, that feels good. It's, it's comfortable. And now you realize, hey, this thing is real. This Jesus they've been talking about, he's real. I want more of this. I want more of this. You're excited, right? You're all excited about this. Then he takes you out another 1,000 meters, and you're in up to your waist, Whoa, now, now I know the whole thing is real. Now I, I want to tell the world. I remember when I first got saved, that, that was back in 1975, October the 5th, 75. I got saved. I was on fire. I was on fire. I, I, I was filled with water, but I was filled with fire as well. <laughs> I had a motorcycle back then, and I'd fill my king pack with Bibles and gospel tracts, and I was out all over. I was living in South Jersey then. I was out all over uh, Egg Harbor City and Atlantic City and Berlin and, and uh, uh, all, all over the place I was going, you know, and I, I'd be handing out tracts. Then I'd walk the streets in Atlantic City, and I'd, uh, I'd hand out the tracts, and some would take them, and they'd crumble them up and throw them down. Others will take it. They say, well, we'll read it later. Others will take it and they say, well, what's this all about? And I, I was too quiet. I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I wasn't a stalker at all. I'm not a talker. I'm, I'm a quiet person like Corey said. But, you know, I, I, I'd say, well, well, we'll read it. <laughs> read it. It's all in there. <laughs> I didn't want to explain it. <laughs> read it. That's all you got to do. But then I got bold. I got, I got out there, and, and I'd, I'd get out in the sidewalk there in Atlantic City, and I'd get, I had a group of, of six teenagers one time coming down the sidewalk, and I stepped out right in front of them, and I held out the Bible. I said, wait, I got something to say to you guys. And you know, at the end, when I was done, all six of them received the Lord into their life. <laughs> they thought, well, what kind of guy is this? You know? <laughs> and you know, the worst thing about that, all six were church goers, and all six never heard the gospel. Isn't that something? Isn't that a shame? What are the churches preaching out there today? We are the gospel. We have the good news. We got to take it out to them. But then you find out he gets out there to where the waters were so deep that he had to swim. He had to swim into the water. They were up over his head now, right? And once you get into that, there's no turning back. That's when the excitement sets in. That's when we see the abundance of the life that Jesus has given us. It's abundant life. It's abundant life, right? It's abundant. Even when we go, we, sure, we go through trials. We go through difficulties. My family's always facing some kind of difficulties. We're always in a trial. But it's still an abundant life because God is in our life. He's there for us at all times. you got the joy of the Lord. No matter what you're going through, we do have the joy of the Lord. 
And we have that to offer the people around us, the world around us. So now, and now he's out there and he says, and it came to pass that everything, uh, the, it's, uh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Then said he unto me, the waters that issue out towards the east country, go down in verse 8, down into the desert and go into that which uh, being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. So everything that, these waters are flowing out. Now, he didn't see this on the way out, okay? Going out there, he was experiencing the joy and all of that, the transformation in his life. But now he turns around, and now he's heading back. And when he's heading back, he sees the whole world in a whole different view. Think, remember when you got saved? And you would look out into the sky, and it was quite different. You look out into the woods, and everything, everything was alive. Everything had, had life to it. Everything was alive. Remember that? Do you still have that? Do you still have that, that first love of God? That's when the first love of the Lord came into your life. Do you still have that? Is it still there? Or do you got to dig it up again? Go back to that first love. Go back to a, another encounter, a fresh encounter with the Lord. We can do that. We can have that anytime we want, right? But as he's coming back, you see, everything is alive now. The trees have life. There's fish. The fish have life. Everything you see, it has life now, going all the way down into the, into the Dead Sea, into the Salt Sea. Everything had life because we see in a whole different view, don't we? I go out every morning. I, I love my morning walks with the Lord. I like to walk the wood. I've done that for man, 30 years. I, I, I love that. That's my, the best time of my day. You get out there. just And every time I go out there, I, I, I see, a, 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 whether it's a, no matter what season of the year, it's just, wow, wow. Sometimes I got to say to God, wow, look at that, Lord. Wow, look at that. Look at that tree. Look at that. Look at that water. Look at that. Uh, and, and uh, you know, everything has new life to it, doesn't it? If we have that fresh encounter with God each day, we spend time with him each day, we're going to see things differently. We do. There's a whole new life to it, a whole new perspective to, in life, right? So I'm sure you can agree with me, right? If you know the Lord here today, if you don't, this is your opportunity. Today is your opportunity to give your life over to Jesus. Maybe you've been going to church all your life. But you never had an encounter with him. Like those six boys I led to the Lord in Atlantic City never had an encounter with God, and yet they were going to church, regularly, regularly going to church, right? But we need that encounter. We need, our family can't get us to, to Jesus, you know. Your good works can't do it. We need a, an encounter with Jesus Christ, a personal encounter. And when he comes into your life, You'll never forget it. He said, I got saved back in 1975, October the 5th, about, about 1030 at night. My brother got saved three months before I did, and he didn't know how to tell me about Jesus. <laughs> so he left his it was, uh, living Bible. It was called the Reach Out. Remember the Reach Out? How many remember that? The Reach Out, a New Testament. And he left that living Bible, you know, lay on the table, an easy-to-read Bible. And he'd leave, leave that lay on the table in hopes that I would read it, <laughs> you know, because he knew I'd stay up and a little later and have a few bottles of beer. I'd pick up a six-pack on the way home from work, you know, and he was never a drinker. He never really drank coffee. I don't, I don't know about that guy, but, you know, <laughs> but he'd leave that Bible lay there. 
And I'd, I'd be drinking them beers, and I got reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts, and Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians. I'm going all the way through. And then I got the Hebrews. I got the Hebrews 6, 4, and I thought, well, there's no hope for me. There's no hope for me. I'm out of this. There's no hope. But I went up. Before I went to bed, I knelt down, and I asked the Lord to come into my life. You know, he came into my life. He saved me. He transformed my life. I hadn't had a bottle of beer since. <laughs> he transformed my life back in 75, October the 5th. Cigarettes were the same. I was a heavy smoker. I was smoking two packs a day. And I smoked them little humpback camels, you know. <laughs> and they went up to 55 cents a pack back there in 75. And I said, no way am I throwing my money away. I am not going to do it anymore. And I gave it to the Lord. He took it out of my life. And I smoked for a good 15 years. He took it out of my life. That was it. Never bothered me since. God is transforming. I mean, he can transform our life. He really does. He has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. And only you can fulfill that. No one else can. Only you. Think about that. Only you can do that. So, anyhow, it, it, the waters flowed. It went down. Let's jump down to uh, verse uh, uh, 9. And he shall come, it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the rivers came, shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed. And everything that, uh, everything shall live within the river. And it shall come to pass that the fishers, the fishermen shall stand upon the shore in Enjani, even unto Enjalame, and they shall be a place to spread forth their net, and the fish shall be according to their kind, as the fish of the great and sea proceeding forth. And they said, but, but the miry places, the marshes, they didn't, they, they didn't come to life. Those are the bystanders. Those are the people that, oh, yeah, I... I I don't need Jesus. I got religion. My parents are Christians, you know. I was born a Christian. <laughs> I'm a good person. I got religion. You know, I got this religion, that religion. I got, you know, a lot of religions out there. I don't need God. And so many tell me, oh, you know, oh, I'm Catholic. That's all I need. Even Catholic still need God. We still need Jesus, don't we? We got to have Jesus. We got to have Jesus. It's the only way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No other way to the Father but through him. He is the foundation in, in chapter 3, 11 in 1 Corinthians. No other foundation can man lay than that which is already laid. That's Jesus Christ. Our only way, our only hope. He, he paid the price. He took our sin. Think about that. He took your sin. He paid for your sin before you were ever even born. Wow, before we were ever even born, he paid for my sin. He took it upon himself because he knew I'm going to be born a sinner, right? King David said that I was conceived from my mother's womb in sin. I was born in sin. It's my nature. I was contaminated with this world before I even came into it. Wow, you know, he paid for it in full. It's all done. Done deal. Nothing we can add to it. 
just live the life that he's called us to. Right? We still sin. We don't practice sin. We don't shack up with sin. No, but we do sin. First John says that if we say we have no sin, we make God a liar. And I'm not going to make God a liar. <laughs> we do have sin, but we don't practice it, do we? We stay away from it. We avoid sin. But there's still sin within us because we are contaminated in this contaminated world. That's why Jesus had to wash the feet of his disciples. Wasn't that they were sinners, but they were living in a contaminated world. You walk out of these doors, you're going to walk into sin. It's all around, right? It's all around us. But the marshes, they received it not. The, the, you know, dead water. You ever been around the marshes, the swamps and all? And like I'm from Jersey, like I say, we, we used to walk the, the Brigantine Beach out into the bay, my cousin and I. We did that for many years, like 15 years every Friday night. We were down there walking with the Lord, and we had some good times. We had some awesome times down there with the Lord, you know, and uh, we had experiences that you would never believe if I tried to tell you, you know, God, it's real. But there's the marshes out there, the swamps, and I stink, you know, they're mushy, they're quicksand and all of that, you know. It's, you avoid those areas, right? Stay away from all of that. But that's the world around that doesn't need God. They feel they can do it on their own. And we can't. We can't. We don't have what it takes. Now, we would go to Revelation. I, I, uh, for the sake of time, I won't go there. But ch chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, we see that river flowing out again from the throne of God. Right? And on each side, it says on each side of that street, because it's flowing right down the main street of Jerusalem. Right? And you got the tree of life on each side. And each tree has 12 manner of fruit on it. Can you imagine that? Man, 12 manner. I mean, you can pick whatever you want. And, and I'm sure you're going to get good fruit every time. You want a banana? Great. Right? You want an apple? You want a, a ruby red grapefruit? I love them things, you know? You know? You, you want to, you, hopefully you don't want a lemon. I mean, it probably has lemons there, though. But, you know, we, we have enough lemons around, right? We don't need that, right? <laughs> Nice, fresh apple. I remember when I was just a young kid, and I, w I was visiting my cousin, Dan, my prayer partner, and he was living in Gordon, and I was out there, stayed out there for a couple of days with him. And we were, we, we, I'm always in the woods. I, I love the woods. And we were out in the woods, you know, and there was an apple tree, a wild apple tree out there, and some nice-looking apples out there. And I grabbed one of them apples and took a bite out of it. And when I went for the second bite, there was a half a worm in there. I don't know where the other half went, but, you know, I, I threw it away and got another apple. You know, I don't think there's going to be wormy apples in heaven. And I don't think the bananas are going to be, you go to the market today to get bananas, either they're, they're bright green or they're rotten, right? Or they're half green and half rotten. It's hard to get a good banana today. But I'm sure the bananas then are going to be perfect bananas, perfect fruit. All right? Now, I want to go all the way back to Genesis. Can we go to Genesis chapter 2? And we're still talking about the rivers, okay? Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to begin in, in verse 7. I don't know how much time I got left here. I forgot to look at the clock. I put a big note on here right in front of my message. Look at the clock before you start. That, that, that's in here somewhere. I don't know where it went. So, so if I go over, I'm in trouble, right? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, chapter 2 of Genesis, 
I'm cutting it short. I'm going to begin earlier here. But chapter 2, he says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And Lord God planted a garden eastward in the garden of Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant in the sight and good for food. And the tree of life also was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So he put man in that garden. This is Adam in that garden. Can you imagine him? Now, now when we read on here, we got four riverheads flowing out of the Garden Eden, right? I mean, this wasn't a little backyard garden. Got four riverheads coming out of the Garden of Eden. That was a big garden. Can you imagine the, the energy this man must have had before, before sin hit his body? The energy and the strength to be able to take care of this whole garden all by himself? Wow. So I had that kind of energy, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, we go on and he says, uh, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first was Python. Now, Python actually means flowing with increase. I like to look up the names of words in the Bible, you know, because often they mean something more than what we realize at time. Pison actually means flowing with increase. Now, maybe you have that river flowing through you. You know, you're just flowing with an increase, like the, the garden, the, the water that flowed from the uh, throne there in the Ezekiel 47. It increased in volume as it went out. And in your life, is that flowing, increasing in volume, in width, your love, your, 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 uh, uh, your joy, your, your witness for Christ? Is it, is it flowing? Is it touching those around you? You know, do you have that river flowing through you? Some Christians have that. Right? Some Christians, you can go to them when you've got a problem, when you've got a prayer request. You can go to them because... They always seem to be peaceful. They don't seem to get problems, right? They're going through a trial, and you don't even see it in their life. They're going through all kinds of difficulty, and yet they're at peace at all the times. We need those kind of believers, right? But we need those kind of believers also to go out and touch the world, the world that is hurting out there. If you got that river flowing through you, look how you can transform the world around you. The next river is, is Geiston. Geiston means breaking forth, to burst forth. Like taking a, a, a bottle of soda and you shake it up real good and then you pop the cap on there and it shoots all over the place. It's bursting forth. You had the Holy Spirit living in you and it's just bursting out of you. The joy, the life of God, you can't keep it quiet. Like Jeremiah said at one time, you know, he was disgusted with the, uh, with the uh, Israelites because they weren't living for God. And he, he didn't want to speak the word anymore. But he, then he said, I can't hold it in any longer. He couldn't hold it back. He had to speak out the word. And we have that river inside of us. It's bursting forth if you will allow it. If you will allow it. Don't lose that first love. Don't lose that first love. If you need to. Go back. 
go back and get that first love again. We need that. We need that. That's the joy of the Lord in our, in our lives. The third river is the Hedical River. That means swift. <laughs> That's swift. Wrap it. You ever see the Susquehanna, Susquehanna River out there when after we have a heavy rain or a storm or something, and that river is just, it, the rapids are just flowing. It's re- really moving on, you know? And uh, I, I used to like to, uh, we took a canoe, a canoe trip one time when I lived in Jersey. I got, I got, a, uh, I got my draft notice. <laughs> And uh, I had to report, I had to go to Philadelphia the next day to catch a train. And uh, I was heading for Paris Island. I, I thought it was Paradise Island, but it was not Paradise at all. When I got there, I found out for sure. So, but my buddy, my drinking buddy, of course, he says, hey, what do you say we go get a canoe? And we go up to Adzine Lake. You know where Adzine Lake is? We went up to Adzine Lake, up there by right outside of Hamilton, New Jersey. And we could take a canoe trip down to Batchtoe Lake. So it only takes a couple of hours. Well, we did that. It took 13 hours. <laughs> we, somehow we, got, we, we missed a turn or somewhere along the creek, you know. And we ended up uh, getting into the, the Mollica River, which actually came out right behind my house, only like 200, 200 yards down from my house, the end of my yard was the uh, Mullica River. And that's where we ended up. But that, that was 13 hours later. Now, I got to report early to Philadelphia to catch a train, you know. And th- what a mistake that was. But see, the, th- the problem was we, 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 took a ca- a, <laughs> we took a case of beer with us. And don't forget, this is before I was saved. This was my old life. We took a case of beer with us. So we did some drinking. We did some fishing, but we got out there. We, we stopped for a while to do a little bit of fishing, and then we came off the bank that there was a clearing out there. We walked out there, and here there were like four or five artesian wells, pipes just coming out of the ground, and water just gushing out of there. No pump, no pump at all, just gushing out of there. And that's what's happening here. It's a, it's a, a river that is swift, and it's just it's moving forth rapidly, you know. We got in the rapids in that creek, you know. We were having a good time going down there. But, you know, it was getting later and later. Right? We, got, we, we got to get out of here. We got to do something, you know. I got to be up early tomorrow morning. And then the, the, the fourth river is the Euphrates. And that means fertile. That means fertile. It's bringing fertility to everything that it touches, like the river that flowed from the throne in Ezekiel. Everything that it touches is bringing life. Do we have that kind of river flowing through us? The, the Euphrates River touching those around us in some way, bringing the gospel to the lost, encouraging those that are shut in, encouraging those that are imprisoned. You know, they're out there. They need help. They need someone. They need some kind of encouragement. I, I do a couple. I do several different ministries right now. But I was doing the the uh, the uh, uh, vintage Knoll there in Danville, and I had a guy coming out there, mostly women. I had one man coming out there, and he would sit right beside me, and he was so excited because I would sit there and I would share the word. We just talked. I just shared a word. wasn't preaching, you know. And uh, he'd sit beside me, and as I'm reading on, he said, what does this word mean? Or what does that mean? What does this mean? 
And he told me, just about his whole life, he went to church. And the pastor up there would speak words. He'd say things that I didn't understand. I didn't understand the words. I didn't understand. But he said, to sit here beside you and to be able to ask questions as you're reading here. He said, I'm so excited. I mean, he was jumping for joy. He was so excited that he could get, you know, because people, you know, you go to church, you hear the pastor speak, yeah, that, that's good. But many times, maybe you don't understand what's being said. But when you can sit down with someone and break up that, open that word and just share it with them, that means so much to them. It really does. It really does. They're so thankful. They're always thanking me for going in there. They said that, that I, I take church into them. They can't get to church, but I, I take church to them. And I have several places where I go. I also do Grandview. I do Heritage Heights in Danville. And those people are so appreciative. But I can't get anyone to go with me. My daughter went with me a few times. But, you know, I can't get anybody to go in there. They need love. They need someone from the outside to show them that God is love. They really need that. And we have what the world needs. We have it. Some of them are saved. Some of them aren't. I have a woman in there. She's 90 years old. She's very sharp. Her mind is very sharp. She follows along in the scripture and all that. And you, you know what? Her parents are still living. <laughs> her parents are still living. I mean, she's not off her rocker or something, you know, she's saying. No, she, she's telling the truth. Her parents are still living. And she has a brother and a sister that are older than her. And she's 90 years old. Those people, they may be old. That, that don't mean they're cast away. That don't mean they're, they're forgotten. Many times they are because their, their children put them in there and kind of forget them, sell their home and sell their vehicle, you know. And there they are without hope. But we have a hope to take to them. And they are so appreciative when they have someone go in there and just sit and, and talk with them. That's all I do, talk with them, get them in a circle. I only get 10, 15 at a time, you know. Grandview, I get 30, 35, but most of these other, just a few. Of course, Pastor Corey goes with me into, into the uh, 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 Cold Township State Prison, and we get like 60-some 60 inmates that come out there. And you talk about excitement. Uh, they love to worship the Lord. I'm not kidding. They love to worship the Lord. And one of our worship leaders has a life sentence. Our drummer has a life sentence. Our guitar, guitarist has a life sentence. But they love to worship the Lord. They got saved and their, their lives have been transformed. They need that hope. They need someone from the outside to go in and share with them. Talk with them. Share the gospel. Do Bible studies for them. You know, they, they love that. They're excited. Some of those men in there, they, they make me look bad. I mean, they know, they know the Word of God, don't they? They know the Word of God. They're very strong in the faith. Very strong in the faith. But they still need encouragement. They, you know, if, they, if we didn't go in, they couldn't have that service. So we go in there, and uh, they'll have that service. And we see lives transformed. I had a guy come to me probably about five, six years ago. I guess my time's just about up here. I may have gone over time already. But I had a guy come to me a few years, probably five, six years ago, while we were doing the service in there. And we got in a big circle. And we were having worship and prayer together while we were in a circle. And one of the guys stepped out. He says, 
do you mind if I give a word of testimony? I said, sure, go for it. I love testimonies. He says, I was transferred here from another prison because I want to change my gender. But he said, I've been coming out here. I got God in my life. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I'm not going through with it. God can touch lives in there. They need hope. We got what they need. We got it. All we got to do is go in and share. Share what we got in our life. You don't have to know the Bible inside out. You don't have to know a lot of scripture. It's only what you know. Your testimony alone can transform lives. Okay? I know I'm going to have to quit there. I think my time's about up. But uh, if there's anyone here today, you feel like you... You lost that hope. Maybe that river isn't flowing in your life anymore. It was at one time. You remember the excitement. You remember that first love, but it's like that love just isn't there anymore. It's like an emptiness. Oh, yeah, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I got all that. But are you a witness for Christ? Does your life shine for Christ still today? Does the world see Christ in you? Are you in that river? What river are you in? Is it flowing with increase, like the Pison River? Is it gushing out, like the Gison River? Is it flowing with rapids, like the Hedical River? Is it fertile? Are you touching lives around you just by being around them? And people can see Christ in you. They can see Christ in you. They can sense the presence of God when you're there. If you lost any of that, we'd like to come on up and we'd love to pray for you. We would love to pray for you to come on up. Maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you've never received him into your life. This is your day. You can receive Christ. You don't know if you have tomorrow. You know you have today. You got right now anyhow. Okay? If there's anyone you want prayer, we have a prayer team. They'll be glad to pray for you.